Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm your host, Neville Dunhu. We're back after a few weeks out, and I got a great guest on the show today, Connor Moore, aka Connor Sketches. I'll be talking to him about his career and what's next in the pipeline. Give it a listen. Enjoy. Connor, how are you? I'm doing well, Neville. Thanks for having me on. How's things, pal? Good. No, thanks. Thanks a million for coming on, lad. You know, uh, to be honest, I've been a uh, I've a big, been a big fan for a while, to be honest. And um, the first question I'll ask you is, uh, what was your, I'll go straight into it, what was your favourite piece of work? And the reason I asked that is because I'm a big Jorlach Nan fan. And I remember the thing you did with, with Joe Dari, that, that stand-up night. I, I'd say I've watched that clip about 50 times because, like, obviously I'm into all sports, like, and I I love listening to the punditry afterwards. And Jorlach Nan, he's such an icon of, uh, GA and I'd say he thought to himself where did they get this fed out of this random fella coming up pulling the absolute piss out of me so I suppose tell me about that and tell me what's your famous would it, which one of your proudest pieces of content would be uh, to be honest with you that would be uh, well in terms of doing anything live that was definitely the most well, it was definitely the best thing I'd ever done live I think um, and the, my favourite piece of content was actually one with Jur and Davey when Michael Dignan and Davey were going back and forth, I did a, a kind of traveler call out video of Davey. You know, the boys when they do the videos online and they put them up and Davey, but Lachnan was behind the camera. Yeah. He was telling Davey what to do, you know, dipping his hands in petrol and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's probably my favorite one. And then that night, yeah, I don't know if Jer, Jer knew what was going on in terms of he, when my brother sat down beside him, me and my brother would look quite alike. And uh, they both sat down beside him. Look, man, come over and sit down beside him and just looked at him. He says, Jez, you're making a cunt to me, yeah? <laughs> That's right away. <laughs> and uh, he goes, oh, it's not. and the brother said, it's not me, it's that fellow over there. So I then I came over and I was chatting to him and we were just chatting back and forth. And he says, I believe you had me out in Thailand and everything. Says. And I says, oh, yeah, no, I was doing this, that, and the other. Now, I hope you don't mind now, it's only a bit of crack. And he goes, I mind, huh? I hope you make millions. Absolute. <laughs> no, it's, it was very good, like, you know. And uh, I suppose the next question I ask you is like, um, I've got to be. Did did you wreck your mother's head when you were younger? Because um, I when I was younger, we we own a small shop in y'all, and a lot of the customers that come in, I'd be able to take them off, like you know. And I presume when you were younger, you probably started off pulling the piss out of your family or your friends and neighbors, you know. Like wait, like how did it start? Like was it or was this a thing you were always doing? Um. Sort of when I was younger, how it started, my dad got the Apple Match DVD, um, or not DVD, tape, as it would have been back then. And uh, I remember him laying on the couch watching this, laughing and laughing at it. So I just automatically thought this was funny because he thought it was funny. So I was trying to take off these people, like nearly to make him laugh and to make my brothers laugh and stuff. And uh, But in terms, yeah, I did him for a bit. like, And then I know when I was younger, my ma used to send me to drama school when I was about six or seven. Cause she thought I was a bit of a, a bit of an actor or whatever, you know? Um, and he, she put me at Christmas, like she'd make me do Pat short and all these kind of things, whatever was the Christmas special out at the time that would be watched a lot in our house. I'd probably take off parts of it or something, you know? And, uh, but I'd be mostly doing my own versions of it. And then, yeah, I was doing the impressions, but like I did the impressions until I'd say I was about 12 from about the age of nine, 10, 11, 12, maybe I was kind of dipping around doing impressions. But after that, then I didn't really do them in secondary school. Maybe I didn't think they were they were they were cool enough or something. But uh, the only one I would take off is my uncle, 
down in uh, Shamrocks in my uh, GA club. So I take him off because he managed a lot of our teams and stuff. And I could do him really well. So that was knocking good crack out of lads. But in general now, I wasn't, it wasn't something that like anyone that would have known me before I was 27 or only, and only known me as an adult would never have known I was able to do that kind of thing. Like, cause I never really would have done it much. And it all kind of just fell into place by accident really. Right. And like, would you, I remember listening to Mara Rose and stuff before some people sing in the shower, whereas he used impersonate people in the shower. Did you, could you kind of do that? Do you? Oh, the whole time. I in the whole time, you know, and even like my phone, I, I deleted like I don't even have. Well, I do have a bit of music on my phone now, but I used to like for a few years, I'd no music on my phone. I just listen to voices all the time. So any like if I go for a walk, if I go to the shops, if I'm throwing my earphones in, I'm listening to voices. Even last night I'm walking around Dublin here and um, someone walked past me there just on the liffy out here at Chapel Lizard and I was doing I'm trying to do Thomas Tuchel the Chelsea manager yeah. and I'm struggling big time big time with him and I only have a week left and I've been at him weeks so it's, yeah. it's, I don't think it's looking good like but I was walking around yeah yeah you know you have to play well today and we have to go out and with Chelsea with the team and stuff and I know there was a person that walked by me that I recognised just kind of looked at me and I knew I don't know who it was I couldn't think of the name but I knew that the, the I knew their face when they looked at me and I said, they must think I'm a right mad bastard walking up the line talking to me. So going, yo, 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 like this. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The voice is like, so that's where I'd be getting this in. Yeah, that in the shower. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose, like, uh, I heard you on an interview before and you were staying, speaking to Mary Rosenstock, like how you, you like, how did you know there was a gap in the market for what you were doing? Like, you know, because like, I know you wanted to go a different route compared to him, but when you look at like, there's Al Furlan, isn't there? If I'm pronouncing that yeah. right, and there's there's Tierney Talks, who's excellent too. Like, how did you know that? You know, there was a gap there for you. Well, it was like I suppose you don't like it's a hidden hope. You just start off, and I actually when I quit my job, like I was working with three at the time, and I went through a series of different jobs. I was in finance, um, I was then in sales. I kind of got bored when I was doing the finance, and then I went into sales. And then when I quit the job, I was like, right, I'll give this a couple of months. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But the I kind of like had recognized pretty early on, like if I'm going to do it, like I have to be sort of different. And I remember like Mario and Oliver Callan would be kind of political satire heavy. Yeah. Uh, but Mario would do a lot more sports than Oliver, I suppose. Um, but uh, then Al was doing a, a lot of fighting, boxing, and a few of the soccer ones, but mostly McGregor even yeah. at the time. And his McGregor, like it was, it is sensational. So when I was coming in and I was looking around my, me, I was, yeah, I was trying to look at lads, right? Who's not been done? And I'm like, I was thinking to myself, Davy's not really been done. Lachnan's not really been done. You know, Brawley is, was been done a bit with uh, Tierney Talks. He's a good Brawley. Um, so that's the way I kind of did it. I went right. And then I started doing Jim Gavin and people that were kind of just um, the hot sort of the hot guys at the time, sort of that everyone was talking about. I started doing those and seeing, all right, like I'll just try to do something different like that and see if it hits. And thankfully it did, but it only really hit then when I did the soccer in, I quit my job, I think in June and I was doing the GA stuff for the summer. I did one or two soccer videos. But then I did a video where I brought in Klopp and nobody had done Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. And uh, Jamie Carragher retweeted it. And that's when I got offered a job then from Joe.ie. Um, the second time, they, they, they brought me in for an interview a few months before that, but didn't give me the job because I didn't have any 
uh, Premier League experience sort of or repertoire, let's say. So in about, yeah, November then I did Klopp. A few other lads uh, had Mourinho. Uh, had Mourinho for years because of Mario, I suppose, listening yeah. to him doing the special one. And yeah, it took off then from November. The rest was history, really, yeah. So I suppose just to tell us more detail about your route, like you, you work with Tree, you quit that, and then you you just started doing videos on your own, was it? And then, like you had an interview with Joe second time they they took you up, and then you worked with Joe for a few years, and then like tell us like you what do you have an agent now, and you're working with Golf Channel, and how does it work? Uh, now, yeah, I'd have an agent uh, with NK Management, and uh, so they would kind of deal mostly with all the stuff that I do. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I have a few different sort of contracts. Like obviously, I was with the, the the green room and Paddy Power this year. I do a lot with them, and then I have uh, the contract with the Golf Channel for uh, social videos, and then doing the Connor Moore show, which is on Golf Pass, which is uh, sort of under the umbrella of the Golf Channel, but it's like a digital subscription service. Yeah, and um, that kind of you can get everything on. You can get golf movies. You can get like obviously original shows like us, travel, golf documentaries, um. And then most importantly, tips. So you want to get better at golf, it definitely, uh, and you get cheaper tea times if you're a member of it. So there's my there's my shameless plug. Right, fair <laughs> enough. So yeah, and um, I suppose speaking of Mourinho, because I saw one of your most recent works, you sat down with him. Like, do you ever think, Christ, this guy, he's this guy's a global superstar. He's won how many trophies? He's, you know, like if this goes wrong or if this goes bad, he mightn't be a happy character, you know, like, and I've seen other works we've done with other fellas, like, and how, how did they react to it afterwards? Like, like even, sorry, I remember the great story you told before was Poulter, wasn't it? He had a bad, um, he played bad in the Ryder Cup or some tournament and he got a great laugh off it. It cheered him up, wasn't it? Oh yeah. What happened there was I was literally after just coming in with the golf channel and I'd done a video for them and like, it got like over a million views and whatever, a couple of million. And, uh, it was a really good, uh, start to the week. And I think I put it out on the Monday of the open and uh, I was delighted with myself and I'd already though pre-recorded another video for, uh, the Friday of the Open after the cut and it was where Poulter and Sergio were going to see a psychologist and the psychologist was David Faherty and uh, Paul, like it was already pre-recorded and done and dusted the week before the Open so like I didn't know Poulter was going to miss the cut but he played really badly and then the sketch was about him seeing a psychologist pissed off about why he hasn't won more majors so I was in my head going shit like if he looks at this now he's going to think I created this today because I knew he wasn't going to make the cut like, and I'm a cheeky little bollocks sort of. And it went out, and it wasn't even going that well, to be honest, as a sketch. The numbers weren't great on it. And he then, ret- I seen this, uh, Ian Poulter came up my phone, quoted your tweet. And I was like, oh no, or mentioned you or something like that. And it was like, oh, I've had a shit day. I've had a shit day, and I see this, and I've got to say, this cheered me well up. You're hilarious, Connors kind of sketches something like that and i remember thinking oh you because i was sweating opening up the phone but uh in general yeah no everyone takes it uh, well i think um what was Mourinho like that time when you did it with him i was class he was class, he was dead on the thing is i knew he was going to be anyway because his agent is irish um or his pa is irish and um we have a mutual friend so he'd be going back to him over the last year, kind of telling him, just Jose does like uh, Connor's impression now and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I knew he liked it. So it was, uh, for me, it was a home run, you know what I mean, going in there. Uh, there was a few people nervous about it because at the time, Jose was, uh, he was coming to the last week of his Tottenham reign. 
So there was a lot of rumors out there that he was uh, he was going to be leaving. So people were wondering what type of mood he was going to be in. But uh, now he was class. He came. He was dead sound. He offered to take us to dinner sometime or whatever. Hopefully that happens after COVID. Um, yeah. But who knows? And um, tell us, like, what what do people locally think? Like, like I suppose your buddies from Mullingar and stuff when you started doing this. Like, you know, was there many that fellas are right fucking Egypt or like or like wait, like I suppose you kind of answered that already. But when did you know that you were onto a, a runner with this thing? Um. When did I know I was on for a runner? When I started, like to be honest with you, the 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 kind of support I got in Mullingar was massive. Like you know, the only people watching them at the time when I started out doing them the first few months were people in Mullingar, and I noticed like you know when I was walking down the town, people were stopping me and saying they were getting a good kick off the videos and stuff. And obviously, it was never done before because no one has ever like social media. Social media, like you know, it's it's only after coming here in the last ten years, um. So, like, it was just something different. And I thought, like, I got the vibe. Like, obviously, you never know what people might be saying behind your back. But in general, it was overwhelmingly positive, like, for the yeah, reaction yeah. of people in Mullingar. And you could see all the shares were from people in Mullingar. Like, even my friends nowadays, like, they barely ever share any of my stuff, really. Um, because, like, it gets shared by thousands and thousands of people. And, like, I put out so much stuff. Like, it's just... It's another Connor video to them, but at the start, they all would have shared every video every time to get it out there for me. And, you know, and yeah, no, every like, well, no, definitely. I've, I really like being in Mullingar. Like, I love being at home. Hopefully, I kind of move back there at some point. Um, Because the support is so good. Like, you know, I really like the place and all my friends, like, you know, they're brilliant. Like, you know, whether I ask some of them to help me out with sketches or, you know, content creation or even come down filming stuff with me, like, they're always there like, to give a helping hand, which is brilliant. And you're obviously mad in the sport, like particularly golf, I suppose. Are you any good at golf, are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm better than average because they say that the average golfer shoots in around 100. I'd shoot in around, I'd shoot in the high 80s, low 90s. Yeah. So I play off like 14. Um, but uh, I'm trying to get a bit better at it, I have to say, big time these days. But uh it's a struggle. It's just a bit hard. Golfly, you need to put a lot of time into it. And I'd be very busy a lot of the time. Yeah. So, but hopefully in the winter now, I get a bit more time like to, to work on stuff and get a bit better. And you're mad into sports in general. Like, I suppose you just had a typical Irish upbringing. Like, I suppose you watched yeah. every sport when you were young, did you? A bit like yourself. I'd be, yeah, but you're watching everything. Now, the only thing is growing up, I watched everything or at most things, but like my, my big interest like would have been GA. Um, just obviously I was playing it as well. And then, after that then soccer and golf you know but then since doing this like one sport i wasn't really ever interested in was horse racing and i started doing the impressions for that and now i love horse racing and i'm always reading the paper on horse racing and you know there's a yeah like i i just like every everyone picks a few sports like but like i could start watching a sport tomorrow and get like hooked on it you know what i mean at the minute i'm hooked on formula one Um, yeah like so who knows what that might uh cultivate in but uh yeah, I, I'd watch anything really. All right, and are you? Uh, would you be buddies with like I see like Poulter and Lowry and McRae, etc.? Would you be friendly with them now since you ripped the piss out of them? Or uh, look, I, I would be friendly enough with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like Poulter, like uh, I'd chat to him now and again, or he'd send me an old text. Uh, All right, be friendly with Shane. Um, met met uh, Rory a couple of times, um, but mostly for work stuff. But uh, they're all incredibly nice fellas. Like, you know, and the more you do this job, the more you realize the people 
and I know it's a real cliche, but they are all just normal people at the end of the day with extraordinary abilities in whatever field they're in, you know. But yeah. um, they really are, and I like I kind of find they're very sports people. Then if you're into sport and they're into sport, well, then you always have something to talk about. And it's not a case of walking up going, oh, my God, I'm a big fan. It's like you can chat about anything, like, if you're all into sports. And the great thing, a lot of sports I'm into, like, like still my number one sport is GA, like football especially. And most of the guys I meet in that, like, are all mad golfers, like. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, they love golf. And even, I suppose, on the flip, then you have people like Shane in golf that would love GA. And I think, like, like... Like us, typical Irish upbringing, like our sports upbringing, most people are into. If you're into one sport, you're mo- you're probably into a few, you know. Yeah, and um, I suppose quickly uh, on a sidetrack, and one I've just written down. What did you think of the Olympics, uh, Macaroni and Lowry? They were unlucky. And uh, second question is, uh, since you're mad into football, do you not think it's gone to cash recently that uh, Dublin winning all these titles? Do you think this could be the year Kerry or someone might win it? Uh, the Olympics I didn't know what to make of the Olympics uh, you know when it started even like I don't know I I, I I know I'm saying I'm sports mad like, but I didn't watch a whole lot of it until the golf yeah. came on really yeah. and uh, I was getting up early and I was watching it obviously and I was delighted to see the two boys do so well and to be like and for Rory to kind of um, embrace it like he did and Rory just be a little bit too honest sometimes for his own good when he's asked questions and stuff and he said a few things going out there and it made it look like well, he's not really interested in it but when he got out there and he got a feel for it, you could see he really was interested in it. He battled hard to win that bronze yeah. medal as well. I would love to have seen him win a medal. And then obviously I would have loved to have seen Shane uh, win not just the medal, but I thought it'd be amazing if he won the gold. <clears throat> and they're playing well enough to win it as well, you know, so I harbored a lot of hopes. I was delighted to see how golf was received at it anyway. And that I think it golf probably got more of a kick off this Olympics than it did off the last one. So I'd be excited to see what it'd be like in Paris now in a couple of years. Um, and then do I think football's gone to cat? Ah, uh, yeah, like it's it's a joke. Like, and even I'm like from Westmead, so we've the Leinster Championship. And, you know, depending on what side of the draw you're in, you know when you're definitely gone out of the, like you're out of the championship, especially the last two years with the knockout. Um, it's, but what's the solution? Like, you know, a lot of people criticize it and knock it and stuff. But like the solution, I don't know. You could the, definitely the provincial championships have to go. Like they're yeah. just so outdated; it's unreal. There's no point in you know Kerry playing Cameron the water Cork. footballers or yeah. Well, even like to be fair, Cork are probably just on a bit of a lull at the minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, I suspect they'll be back because I I see them as like a definitely a you know a top eight team like usually anyway yeah yeah and yeah you need to kind of group these things off and whether it's like the ladies where they have the senior intermediate and junior and i know a lot of people that play it would criticize that because they always want to play in the sam mcguire but like who realistically has a chance and then it'd be just i don't know the league for me as well kind of um the best part of the year can be the league and like why isn't the league the championship then you know what i mean yeah something like that you know, and maybe make the provincials, maybe not get rid of them, but throw them. And then if if, if a team does win the provincials, that's a, a lower base team that there's always a, a spot for them to go and play in the Sam Maguire or something like that. But yeah, definitely massive reform needs to be done in the GA. Like, and I do think this year it's, it's looking like Kerry, but again, it's hard to know. Like, you know, it really is Dublin. There's not much of a challenge down here in uh, in Leinster. Like people were saying, they didn't play well the other day. They still won by eight points. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think on any given day, they still have brilliant forwards. They've 
you know, an unbelievable midfield, and so do Kerry, in fairness. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I hope it's not Dublin. I, I, even though I really like Dublin, I just would like to see a change this year. Yeah. Maybe go to Kerry, or even better still, Jez, if Mayo got something, it'd be a, it'd be classic. What's, but, uh, what, what, just fi- uh, well, final few questions, Connor, is um, what's your typical day then after this phone call now? Will you sit down and do a bit of sketches and do a bit of work? Like the Golf Channel, I, during lockdown, you spent a bit of time in America, did you? Like, how does that work? Like, is you have to go over there to shoot that, or can you shoot it from home? Uh, well, what we did last year, I spent a whole pretty much nine months in America, uh, in Florida. The year before that, I spent about 10 months in New York. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I have to go over and kind of block shoot sketches and then come back here. Like, I probably could have been in Florida this year, only I was saying to them, Listen, if I don't have an audience, like, why can't I just do it and shoot, like, build something here if I'm going to build something in a house over there, possibly? Yeah, so we agreed we'd do it from Dublin. So I was delighted with that because I'm a bit of a homebird. Um, typical day for me would like I get up, I, I get up early get up around five, five, six, and then I would I'd start work around seven or so whether that's working on voices or that's working on sketches and uh, I try and leave a bit of time in the middle of the day maybe to, to hit the gym or go to the range or something like that if I can like if I have time and finish up around five o'clock I kind of think that doing my job if I I always say to get better at it like when I started doing it, when I was in New York for a year, actually, I kind of stagnated a bit where I was kind of enjoying life too much and I was just doing whatever was asked of me, but I wasn't really getting better at anything or working on new stuff for much much of that. Last couple of years now, I've been very good with it, but uh, I think like a lot of people work nine to five. So I always said to myself, well, if I work nine to five doing this job, actually put in real, because otherwise like there's no one to hang around with on Monday to Friday if I'm yeah. not working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone has a job, you know? So... I'm going off my own. Yeah, don't. it's great to have the freedom that I can turn around and say tomorrow if I fancy it, like I'm just going to go golfing tomorrow or something. But in general, I will try and put in five, six days a week uh, as much as I can. Yeah, it's interesting actually. Paul Howard, I had him on a few weeks ago and a lot of guests, they all share that and come in, they're up at five or six and they're putting in the work. It just shows that you don't get it for nothing. And uh, I suppose, what's next then, Connor? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years or how do you hope to improve it or add more to it? Um... Do you know what I, I I find this year with the lockdown and everything? There's no live gigs and stuff, um, <clears throat> so I'm doing a lot of kind of impression heavy work, like trying to learn off new impressions, and probably doing a lot less content work, which is, which is which will be which will work out grand in the long run, but slows you down a little bit. Um, so next year I hope to be doing a lot more live stuff. Uh, I hope to take a show around Ireland. That's the big thing for me. Yeah. I'd love to be able to do something every year where you go around for six weeks or something and from Cork to Donegal um, over to Antrim, down to Dublin, Waterford, wherever, um, circle the country and uh, and have a live show. That's what I'd love and probably focus a bit more even on the Irish stuff and then just have the more international stuff for when I need it, like, you know, during competitions or doing videos and stuff like that. Yeah, but even you could do shows in the UK too. Like, like I see a, your sketch yesterday with with Harry Kane and Daniel Levy. That did very well. Like, I'm sure lads in the UK would love seeing you go around the UK. Oh, yeah, no, that's something I've thought of as well. And it's actually, I'm making a big push for the Premier League this year. Um, so, yeah, a show in England, definitely. Like, you know, I suppose that's what I was, And when I said the Ireland thing, that's been in my head as well. Like the UK thing, where if you did a few weeks here and a few weeks in the UK... Um, and then you're doing your videos then around that, like it's enough to yeah. keep you going every year anyway. So 
I think yeah. that's where the future for me, more live gigs. And what way, I suppose, I kind of asked this to Paul Howard a few weeks ago, because he was, he's kind of, you're similar in a way like that. What way do you see media going? Because, you know, in the last 10 years, it's changed drastically. You know, um, I suppose you're kind of, you're in the media game. What way do you see it going in the next few years? Um, for me, the only thing, like TV, in terms of TV, the only thing I think, TV is becoming obsolete. But the one great part of TV is live sport. Yeah. Now, while although Amazon and all these streaming services are kind of taking that over as well, but like other than that, then I wouldn't watch anything really live. So I think everything is becoming like digitalized. And, uh, you know, I, sometimes I do think of that. That's why a live show for me is important as well, because uh, I'm doing even more stuff on TV. Um, because you don't know what could happen. Imagine Instagram was shut down tomorrow. Instagram and Facebook went out of business and went bust. Like I'd be left with Twitter and YouTube and half my following gone. Yeah. You know, and these things you'd be in your head. So you're always trying to like have a look at recent. I only put the video I did yesterday. I actually threw it up on TikTok and I don't really do TikTok. And I said to my brother, I was like, brother works at me. And I was like, I want to get going out with this TikTok. Like, because maybe this is the future in terms of platforms that I'm not, I'm kind of like, um, uh, reneging on, and I should be like uh, maybe prioritizing that over over more. But like, where do I see media? Yeah, definitely digitalized. But you just never know. Is there another Zuckerberg out there that's going to like change the game and completely revamp everything? Like you never know. Yeah, and suppose finally, how's everyone in Mullingar? Like, and tell us, like, is there is there something in the water down there? Like, because didn't Joe Dolan and is a Nighthorn and they all from Mullingar too? Yeah, they are. Yeah, there's, um, there's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a wash with talent, like especially at the minute, and I just think it's, um, there's probably just a culture been, um, after it's been germinated down there, sort of, and uh, there's a great sense of, you know, just creativity around the place, and I think when Niall Horan went onto the X Factor and he made obviously became an A-list celebrity, and he. Uh, I don't know, in a way, just inspired a whole generation of people because I remember growing up and I remember he's now when I was growing up, I wouldn't have listened to Joe Dolan. So I wouldn't have known much about Joe Dolan when I was a kid because it was more an older genre of music. Like, but I remember kind of thinking, just there's nobody famous down in Mullingar really, or do you know who there's who from Mullingar is on the, the Ireland soccer team or who's playing in England and just, just stuff like that. And I used to think like there was, and then as I got older, then, then you start, you find out about Joe Dolan and you realize. I suppose when he died, then you realize how big he was. He was massive. And then Niall Horn did what he did. And now there's loads of people just um, just giving a go at it, like, you know, and not really conforming to the conventional, oh, I got to go work and, you know, in, in this and not maybe chase my dream. A lot of people, especially musicians and stuff down in Mullingar, it's uh, like, it's so, the pool of talent down there is just massive, like, in that regard. So, like, who knows when the next Niall Horn or, um, whoever comes along, but yeah, there's I don't know what it is. Maybe there is something in the water. Are you living? You're living in Dublin, though, uh, Connor. Are you? And what? What you said? Your club there, Shamrocks, is it? Which which is your Shamrocks? My club, living in Dublin, yeah. But the 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 plan is to uh, to build a house down where I grew up, down in Mullingar. Are you from the centre of Mullingar or outside it? No, I'd be outside it. I'd be out uh, out by the lake, Loch Ennell. Okay. So I wouldn't be. I am a townie because I went to school in the town. Um. I, you know, went to church in the town, played for a town team, but I'm from out the country. Yeah. Uh, 
So I'm a bit of a muck savage or something, maybe. I don't know. When are Westmead going to win another Leinster title? Um, I suppose that time Paddy O'Shea went up there and uh, I suppose football hasn't been the same since, I suppose. Desi Dolan and those heroes, you know? Yeah, that team, um, like, that was such a talented team. That was like a top six Ireland team for a few years. You know, when you think of like the players that we had, like it was a savage, savage team. Dennis Glennon, Desi Dolan, the half back line was of... Uh, Derek Heave and Michael Ennis, Damien Healy, fellas that would got, get probably on any inter-county team in Ireland. You yeah. know, Don Keane would get onto any single team, I think in any generation as well, the cornerback. Um, oh, we had a savage team, great goalkeeper as well, Gary Conklin. I'm nearly naming out the whole team, but um, we had a brilliant team, like, and then Paddy came in. Obviously, Luke Dempsey had done great work over a few years, but Paddy came in, I suppose, with a that kind of... Mick O'Doyer thing or... Yeah, is, yeah, the yeah. carry mentality, you know, you know, we're winners, you know, or I'm a winner and I'm here to win. Yeah. And uh, just probably brought the team onto the next level. And it, it, I have to say, you now they were probably the most uh, nostalgic times of my life were uh, thinking back to those summers traveling up, like watching the Westmead team play, especially 2004. Do, when do I think they're going to win? In I don't ever think they will win another Leinster title yeah. because I think by the time Dublin come back down or we go up to that level, I don't even think there will be a Leinster championship. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what well, I mean? I think that there's a couple of years left, unless they make it like, again, they could turn it into something like they have with the, the pre-season competition now, the Burn Cup, I think it's called, uh, or may it turn it into the league. I don't know what they'll do with it, but yeah, I just can't see it. At the present structure, I can't see it uh, continue. Well, what was that game Desi Dolan missed a free right in front of the post? I remember. Well, I, I, I was really slagging him. I was playing golf yeah. with him a couple of weeks ago and every time he had a short putt then I had the camera phone out. I was hoping he'd miss it. So uh, against Mead, was it? Or? Yeah, yeah. The year before Potty came. To be honest with you, Potty O'Shea probably never would have came to West Mead if that ball went over the bar. Yeah. Which yeah. is how fate sometimes or how the gods align these things. Uh, because Luke Dempsey... For us to beat Mead that year, that would have been a, as good as a Leinster Championship win. I remember because I, I, I went to school in the Midlands and there was lads rage and they were like, the only way to take a free is from the ground, not from the hand, you know? And they were just, there was a load of West Mead lads going mental up there. Oh, I remember I was only telling Desi, there was, an, there was an, an older man right behind me. He must have been in his 80s and he was talking about like how he'd never seen Westmead beat Mead or something. He'd been coming since the forties and all this kind of stuff. And um <clears throat> like and then Desi got the free and we just all thought it was over the bar. We were all cheering like you do in a soccer game when you get a penalty. You think yeah. it's already in. Yeah. And uh it was funny, yeah, he missed it. And then obviously Luke then the the lost the replay, Luke uh left then at the end of the year, Paddy came in. But it was funny, I I I just I was slagging Desi over it there a couple of weeks ago, like he's a good old sport, like he can you can rip him on it, but uh, we, he was saying like it, you know, it was something that not only because I said to him, if you put that over the bar, Desi or Paddy never would have came, and maybe we never would have won the Leinster Championship. And he says, Oh, yeah, he says, Listen, there's positive ways of looking at it. He says, Even for me personally, I never even had a routine or anything, I used to just get up and kick the freeze and whatever. And after that, then I had a routine because he, he kicked a score from the sideline, yeah. he kicked the score from pretty much the corner flag only like what 10 minutes before that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and listen, he was just sure. such a brilliant player. It was so shocking to see him miss uh, such a free, but uh, look, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Finally, Connor, I do this for all my guests to finish is uh, 60 second questions. Uh, where I'll throw a few questions at you if you think it was bad. Right. Right. Favorite food? Curry chips. 
Favourite golf course? Mullingar. How often do you do your dirty laundry? Uh, not very often. My fiance does that. Westlife or boys on? Westlife. Win the World Cup or win the Masters? Oh, win the Masters. Favourite holiday? Favourite holiday would be uh, Thailand. Uh, who would play you in a movie? Al four. Leg day or chest day? Uh, oh, chest day. Um, favorite chocolate bear? Uh, at the minute, it's a Kit Kat. What's your uh, face? Biggest fear? Biggest fear? My biggest fear? Biggest fear? What's my biggest fear? Do I mistake it? My biggest fear is. is 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 not been able to speak when I go on stage. Craziest thing you've ever done. Craziest thing I've ever done. Craziest thing I can't say. <laughs> I can't uh, say. And finally, tea or coffee. Tea. Connor. Barry's. Give you a Barry's as well. Barry's good man, lad. <laughs> Connor, thanks a million for that, lad. You've been a good sport. Level, you're an absolute gentleman, man. Thanks a million for having me. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to Conor Moore, aka Conor Sketches. Must say, really sound guy and a really talented guy. I'm sure you've seen him take off Jurgen Klopp, Ian Bolter, loads of people from the world of sport. And um, I wish him every and continued success. And remember, you can get this uh, podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, until next time, when I have someone else from the world of sport, I'm Neville Dunhu, and I'm out of here. Thanks for listening.